This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. hey it's Pat Boyle, and today on the Best of the DA Show... Oof, is the Justin Fields experiment over in Chicago. Plus, your best audio of the day, including Christopher Mad Dog Russo splitting a gummy in half, drinking cocktails, and placing a $10,000 bet on Colorado. Oh, and is this game on NBC? We got Hubstrate Fowler. I'm going to have half a gummy now. I'm going to have half a gummy later. I'm going to call Fat Rob, the priest, to be a priest. I'm going to place my bets. That is just a glimpse of what you're going to get in soundcheck. You don't want to miss it. Chris Mad Dog Russo's incredibly wild weekend that is coming up for him. Plus, Brady Quinn says Notre Dame is going to beat Ohio State. Yours truly with a little pump-up speech for the Irish. Put him in a slow cooker, 425 for five hours. That's right, jam-packed soundcheck today. Also, Bogus is stunned to a news over somebody naming their kid Meth rules. Mm, wish that was a joke. It's not. Also, it's a thirsty Thursday. We're toasting to the good stuff. The advanced analytics, the epic fail, a debate on when spooky season begins. Boyle versus Bogish. Has spooky season begun yet? I say it has. Bogish says, no, I'm boring. I'm an old man and I want to wait until October to put up my decorations. Screw that. It's the best of the DA show. Let's go. It's now. We begin in Chicago. Where yesterday, Justin Fields turned some heads, and the Chicago Bears felt like they were on the precipice of dysfunction. Number one, Justin Fields admitting he has had robotic play. When asked as a follow-up what is causing that, he said, quote, coaching this of course leads to a lot of oh my god he called out the coaching in which case he addressed the media again after that was all wrapped up and realized the firestorm of it and said you guys are trying to divide us you're trying to create division you evil media that was only one chapter of what happened yesterday the other chapter was The defensive coordinator, Alan Williams, has left the team due to health reasons, but reports out there suggest that there was a raid at Hallis Hall and at his home. We don't know what the origin of the reason was for the raid or if that is true. Some around the Bears have dismissed that idea, but either way, the defensive coordinator did not coach last week against Tampa Bay and is now off the team for whatever reason. Bizarre. The Bears issued a statement yesterday about that and did not wish him well with his health concerns, just simply stated he has resigned. 
So not exactly a warm and fuzzy day around Hallis Hall. So at this point in time, we have to ask this question about Justin Fields. We're in season number three. He's looking at the coaches and saying, hey, this is the reason that I'm not playing like I want to play, and I'm just going to have to basically ignore it if I'm going to get back to winning football. They've tried to create an offense where a run-first quarterback, or at least a running quarterback, has been a pass-first quarterback. Is this experiment officially over? It is where we begin. You're cold open. felt like I was kind of robotic and not just... Not, not not playing like myself. So, um, you know, um, my goal this week is just to, you know, say effort and just go out there and, you know, play football how I know how to play football. And um, that's not uh, – that includes uh, thinking less and just going out there and, you know, uh, playing off of instincts rather than just, of you know, so much, so to say, info in my head, data in my head, and literally just going out there playing football. Bears and Orange don't give up the big play bucks. Two receivers to the left. Keep an eye on number two, DJ Moore. Fields takes the snap on the gun. Looks up field. Throws it all up field. It is intercepted. It's intercepted. Picked off by Shaq Barrett at the one. He's in for a touchdown. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There's the takeaway. Could be, uh, you know, uh, coaching, um, I think. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, they're doing their job when they're giving me, you know, what to look at and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I you know, can't be thinking about that when the game comes. I prepare myself throughout the week, and then when the game comes, it's, it's time to play free at that point. So um, thinking less and, you know, playing more. Third down and 19. Mark to make is the Bear 35. Dropping Justin Fields. Fields up, crossing around, and it's picked. Intercepted, picked off by the Bucks at the 30. Bouncing out, it's Izzian. Christian Izzian's got two in two weeks. When you take my quote out of context, when, when you just say that, if you paint the picture on the inside out, like, y'all are trying to split, split us up as a team. I'm not blaming anything on the coaches. I'm never going to blame anything on the coaches, never going to blame anything on my teammates. I will take every, whatever happens in the game, I will take all the blame. Never will you hear anything come out of my mouth to where I will blame it on somebody else. In this organization, my teammates, never will you hear that. So I just want to clear that up and just know that, like, I need to play better. That's it. Point blank. If, if y'all, that's, that's what I should have said in the first place. I don't believe it. The most amazing, sensational, dramatic, heart-rending. It's DA's top story. Here he goes. It's your cold open. You heard the legendary Gene Deckerhoff on Buccaneers Radio with your play-by-play last week. It's funny that there is so much the fire burns so brightly based on one word. When Justin Fields pauses, considers the question, why are you playing robotic? You just said you're playing robotic. And he says, coaching. Had he just said, not sure, just said, not going to get into it, just said, could be a lot of things, haven't pinpointed it yet. Could have said, trying to figure that out. Could have said, that's on me. None of this happens. But he did pinpoint coaching. And that creates the firestorm because it feels like, A, he's passing the buck. And then it feels like, B, they're completely disconnected on the information he's getting and then processing. And C, 
because coaching in Chicago has been such an issue for such a long time because Bears fans and the Bears media and everybody around Chicago has been so cynical towards Bears decision-making for so long. It's the spark that lights the bonfire. He says coaching. And then it's like, oh, of course, it's coaching. And I think it's a young man that's trying trying to be honest. It's a young man who, in his mind, this is the reason that he's being asked to do a lot of things that are unnatural to him. And in the moment, he's talking what he thinks and what he feels. And so that part, maybe you shouldn't do. Most quarterbacks don't do. All quarterbacks are coached not to say. And, you know, there's some critique there, but that's not really my big critique. Because I think it's a very honest, transparent moment for a young quarterback. It's a lot for him. It wasn't a lot for Peyton Manning. It wasn't a lot for Patrick Mahomes. It is a lot right now for Justin Fields. Now, that could be because of Justin Fields. It could be because of the the coaching that he has. I mean, you know, Patrick Mahomes says Andy Reid. My bet is that Andy Reid is better at giving information to young quarterbacks than the guys that the Bears have. So there is a shred of honesty here that I don't blame Justin Fields for. I think the problem is when he comes back out from his locker and starts pointing the finger that the media is trying to split us up. I mean, there now you're really going down the road of, dude, you said the word. The word, obviously, is the red flag that everybody around the country, fan, media, GM, coach, red flags go up. Whoa, whoa, player said openly the coaching is the reason there's a problem with the quarterback play. Now, Fields, in the middle of the first answer at the podium, does say later that, hey, this is a me thing. I've got to do better with the information. But he also is saying that, you know, I've got to just F it. I'm just going to play my thing. So he is dancing around the fact that He, in his mind, is getting past too much information that's not working for him, and he needs to just digest less of the information and do what works for him, what he did at Ohio State. And that actually is okay if he finds a balance where this is the play that's supposed to be run, but I need to, at some point, just ball the way that I know instinctually. That that part's okay. It's when Justin Fields realizes the firestorm he's created and comes back out from the locker room and says, you guys, your job is to get clicks. You took my quote out of context. Y'all are trying to split us up. I mean, now you're like, hey, man. You're again a young player that now regrets being honest. And, hey, I think... All of us have been in a situation like that where you might be in a fight with a spouse, uh, a partner, a boyfriend, a girlfriend, and 
You know, you're just like talking honestly in the moment and then you say something and then you realize, God, why did I say that? Because now that is the thing that, oh, oh, you was that's what you think? Oh, that, and then it becomes its whole. And the worst thing you can do if this is in a professional setting is to go back to what you said in the heat of the moment and say, yeah, but you're taking it out of context. You're trying to divide us. Look, you said it. It was definitely honest in how you believe it. And this isn't a thing where, oh my God, see what Justin Fields said? Now, now we can drive a wedge there. You know, you, that's where you also have to just take your, your medicine. And I think there's something good that can come out of this is if this is the type of thing where the coaching staff goes, okay, enough is enough. We've been shoving this down Justin Fields' throat. He clearly is uncomfortable with it. Let's strip it down, make it simpler for him. Let's give him some things that he's comfortable with. If he wants to run, we're going to allow him to run. If he doesn't want to stay in the pocket like we're demanding him to, let's find things in the middle that work for both parties. And that that can be okay. That can be okay. So there is a positive that can come out of the fields thing. But it is really quite a, a blinking light, an indicator of a young player who's caught between two worlds both on the football field and off the football field. And he he learned a tough lesson yesterday. Sometimes being honest is going to get you into that firestorm, and so that's why most people are not honest. It's why most players are not going to be honest. It's why no coaches are honest. It's why we glom onto anybody that is honest. It's like, whoa! Because firestorms come with being honest, especially in sports, especially if you're a public figure. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. CBS presents this program in color. An educated person can't think he's going to get a recruit by uh, strippers coming in. They can fire you, but they can't eat you. And they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. The audio you need to hear. 
It's DA Soundcheck. All right. You can always listen to us in podcast form. That is the full four hours of the best of the show, plus the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, always available, all places that you get your podcast. And Soundcheck is brought to you by Wesley Financial. Stuck in a timeshare? Want out? Contact Wesley Financial Group now and get a free timeshare exit information kit at wesleyfinancialgroup.com. The Browns lose Nick Chubb for the season. They bring in an old face, Kareem Hunt. I never fully, you know, closed the door or whatnot, but I didn't I didn't think it was a big possibility. So I mean things work out in situations for a reason. So I mean I guess it was just meant for me to come play for the hometown again. It's quite exciting, I guess, because uh, you know, I'm from Cleveland, born and raised like I always say. And uh I still wanna wanna bring a championship here and help contribute. You know, that was my biggest goal for the past four years to do everything I can to, you know, bring one to the hometowns. What's amazing is that how fortuitous is this bounce for the Browns? He was part of the Browns for the last four seasons, was on the Browns last year, played in every Browns game last season, and then was just on the street, didn't have another job. And in week number two, Nick Chubb goes down. I think Jerome Ford is probably going to end up being a more productive back for them. But a guy that's been with you for the last four years is just on the street. He's just ready to come back in. And then, boom, you add him to the backfield. So in the grand scheme of... Brown's bad luck, the drive, the fumble, losing the team, on and on and on it goes. The fact is, in terms of good, Red Right 88, good news, good luck, Kareem Hunt was available for you after Nick Chubb goes down. Next up, this is Brady Quinn, former Notre Dame quarterback, CBS sports analyst. He joined Zach Elb last night. At a scale of 1 to 10, where's his confidence that the Irish can beat the Buckeyes this weekend? On a scale of 1 to 10, 1 no confidence, 10 most confidence you've ever had, how confident are you that Notre Dame will get the job done? 10. I mean, I saw this team week zero up close and personal in Dublin, Ireland. And granted, it wasn't so much about being there for them playing Navy. It was just seeing the team and seeing the size, the depth they have really in the trenches, looking at their skill positions. They're as long and as athletic and as skillful as I've seen in my lifetime. So um, this is a group that's been, they've recruited well, they've developed well. Uh, they've kind of been primed now to try to have that breakthrough. And I think Sam Harbin's the guy that's now opening so many things up for them on the outside, a wide receiver. As we like to say around here, is that so? Domer himself, Domer Hunk, dog, Pat Boyle, wearing his Irish hat, his Notre Dame slash Guinness pullover, pumping his fist. Are you also at a 10 for Notre Dame going to the big house? I should say going to the Buckeyes. I got a uh, 10 out of 10. No- really? Notre Dame is home. Notre Dame is winning oh, on Saturday. That's right. They're in South Bend. Notre Dame is winning Saturday night. Bogus was asking me in the break. They're winning Saturday night. They're winning Saturday night. Is that when the game is? Correct. Okay. Saturday night, a sea of green will sweep across America. And college football will once again know that Notre Dame is indeed America's team. Well, 
What gives you such confidence that this Notre Dame team can do something that so few have been ever able to do, which is play with the truly big boys of college football? We'll get to the X's and O's in a second, DA, but you want to know why I know they're going to win this game? Why? Bogus asked me in the break. It has since been confirmed. Notre Dame is breaking out the green unis Saturday night. Marcus Freeman's asking everybody to wear green to Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame has won five straight games in the green uniforms. Uh Last time they lost, they technically weren't even wearing green. I think it was the white with the green numbers, which they wore against Michigan, and Michigan wore those block M's. It was so stupid. They've won five in a row in the green unis. They're winning Saturday night. They're putting America on notice. It is time to end this charade that Ohio State is a good team. They've been embarrassed the last two years by Michigan. Now it's time for the Irish to put them in a slow cooker and roast them at 420 for five hours. It's over. Notre Dame's winning. The spread opened up at 7.5. It's down to a field goal. Everybody's on the Irish. I wish it was the opposite. I wish everybody was betting against them. I love when they're the underdog. Oh, Notre Dame, are you going to go to college football playoff and lose by 30 again to Alabama? You're going to lose to Clemson by 30? (laughs) Sam Hartman is the quarterback that Notre Dame has been missing for years now. For years. Tyler Buckner... Off at Alabama, making them look like a bunch of idiots. Tommy Reese, play calling of a six-year-old with a box of crayons. He's at Alabama now, drawing up plays that my seven-year-old nephew could draw up. Sam Hartman is the quarterback to take this team back to the college football playoff. This defense, as Brady Quinn said, it's athletic. They are big. They are strong. I don't care who's playing quarterback for Ohio State. Kyle McCord, put him in the turf. Devin Brown, I want turf pellets in his mouth. Travion Henderson, NFL running back, yeah. Where do you get the ball taken right out of your hands Saturday night? Irish in a rout Saturday in South Bend. You can book it. Put him in a slow cooker. Roast him. 425. Five hours, not four. Get him real tender. <laughs> No, I'm serious. I don't think oh, okay. Ohio. <laughs> I don't think Ohio State's a very good football team. I think again they've been embarrassed the last two years by Michigan. I don't think they can stop the run. I don't think they're that they're that strong as a team. I think the the trenches, the war in the trench. Notre Dame's going to win it. I think they're going to push them off the ball. Audric Estime is going to be a human battering ram running the football on Saturday right between the tackles. Forget about running it outside. We're going right up the gut. Right up the gut. Over and over and over again. Until they tap. This isn't in Columbus. This isn't some neutral site BS cockamamie game. You're in the house of the Irish. Touchdown Jesus will be smiling down upon the Notre Dame faithful. When they ring out that victory march. Last time I sang a victory march, the team Marquette got bounced in the second round. So I'm not going to put the jinx on. But dropkick Murphy's. Shipping up to Boston. Get all your Irish songs. Get your Guinness Saturday night. Sit your ass on that couch, and you watch a beatdown unfold. Ohio State is the three-point favorite in this game currently on the line.
Notre Dame Stadium coming up. 7.30 Eastern kick on NBC. What a change. Two days of soft-spoken, well-thought-out, comic book-reading EJ, and within 20 minutes, Boyle's slow-cooking Buckeyes. All right. Welcome to Thursday. Tommy Reese with his box of crayons. Drawn up an offense. My seven-year-old nephew could drop. And no, I'm serious. Ohio State <laughs> sucks. They're going to lose. Total betas. <laughs> Finally, here is Christopher Russo on ESPN talking about how big a Saturday he's going to have. Uh, here's what I'm doing this weekend. Listen to what the he's doing. Away, the missus is away. Bad dog. Man. My visiting my son in Flagstaff, who's coaching Northern Arizona. I told you yep, basketball. Yep, yep. So this is the way. Be lousy weather. Right? It's going to be lousy in AZ? No, it's going to be lousy, lousy oh, here. Oh, here, here. Rain. Yeah. So I can't get my golf for Tennyson. You know, my little right, tennis right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I am going to, I'll get a run in. I'll take the two dogs, Bo and Riley, for a walk. At about 12 o'clock, I'll sit down. I'll make an early cocktail. I'll cut a gummy in half. What's a gummy? A gummy. I'll cut a gummy in half. Keep listening. I'll cut a gummy in half. We got Florida State Clemson. I like the Florida State quarterback. I'll do something there. At about 3.25, when I'm sourced, I'm not driving in the house, 3.25, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. 718-504, I'll put the call in to Fat Rob. Rob, you know what? What the hell? I can't root for Oregon. All right, you know, I'll pretend on TV. Put 10 dimes on Colorado. It's Colorado and Dion. Let's win the game. So by 3.25, I'll be sitting down, with my shorts, little t-shirt, cocktail. I'll have the other half of gummy. Oh, you save it for later? I'll have half. I half. thought you were just rationing you're it. You gonna swing the ticket rack while you're doing that? You gonna swing the ticket rack? Look at my golf swing. Like the moment. So by 3:30, I'll be. I'll have ABC. It's on ABC, right? Yeah. Is this a Fowler game with Herb Street? I'm sure know. it is. I don't know. A Herb Street and Fowler. Well, why wouldn't they be in there? They gotta be there. <laughs> That's so much detail. Uh, and he's not lying. And he's going to lay $10,000 on Colorado in this game? Doesn't he get ten grand a pop for that ESPN hit? It, it, was, it was reported once. It was an obscene amount of money You're for right. like two hours. So he's just betting his ESPN check That's on true. Colorado. And who splits the gummy in half to then save some for later? A professional. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. He wants that extended release. I don't know why Molly was so confused by that. That's what you do. You can't, depending on the gummy, you can't have all of it. See, Bogus, Bogues knows. Yeah. I think you have to have all of it. You're going to pop that whole thing in one, one bite? What no. if it's what if it's a lot of milli, millies of THC? Right. Yeah, he's got to see Colorado, Oregon, so he's got to <laughs> space it out. Is he? Yeah. <laughs> he can't miss. He's got to be able to call Fat Rob. Also, he doesn't just have a FanDuel account. No, he's gotta, this is the original. He's got to still call Fat Rob. Think of how good life is now for Fat Rob. He's now no. He's working above board now. Fat Rob was the guy that I always took Chris's action <laughs> on the sly. Now we can give Fat Rob's number out on ESPN, and it's fine. Good for Fat Rob. But what does Fat Rob then just open up a FanDuel account, or Fat Rob is still collecting Funds from the neighborhood? Who the hell is still betting through Fat Rob? <laughs> I don't even, like, like if 
If Russo hits this, Fat Rob's going to pay out 20 grand. Yeah, in a paper bag. And he'll just bring <laughs> to Chris's house Sunday so, morning. So, again, Fat Rob has to have the, the financial wherewithal because enough people are still betting in the neighborhood yeah. well, to yeah, pay I, out. And, I would, and there is so much detail. Again, I got lost in the sea. That is that clip. It is unbelievable. That is from first take yesterday. I don't know if he mentioned that Fat Rob used to be a priest. He did not. That's, not how, that he, that's how he brought it up. But I'm sure that... He has probably lost that amount maybe a couple times to where I don't know if he loses if he wins the ten grand, I don't think Fat Rob's gonna be strapped for the cash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean he can't even pronounce Chris Alave's name right. And they got Chris uh, Chris Alave. <laughs> he starts giving out the guy's number on air. And I, I can add this, as someone that used to work for Chris, he can't do anything for himself. So Opening a FanDuel account is probably too hard for him. <laughs> so all he can do still these days is call Fat Rob. Fair. And then Fat Rob does the the actual legwork. And the end of that clip is brilliant, too. When he just goes, I have a sit on a couch, I have the shorts, a little t-shirt. And then he and then he goes into the diatribe of who are the who's calling the game and he gets yeah, hung right. up on it. It's like, Home Street Fowler? It's gotta be. It's gotta be on it's gotta Welcome be on the Home Street Fowler. <laughs> I mean, he's just came out of his season on ABC. What are we doing? <laughs> and as a serious subscriber, I want a fan contest where I can, like, win a Saturday on that couch <laughs> with cocktails and gummies and bets. Right? Here's your gummy. You get five grand to bet with Fat Rob, and you watch games of Russo. Uh, sign me up. That takes the PB boys operation and puts it down <laughs> into double A. You're talking about spread and seed. Whatever. What is it else? What else is it? It's <laughs> hitting parlays and spreading seeds or something hit, like that. Winning bets, taking something, spreading seed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spreading seeds, smoking weed, and winning bets. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah, you got cocktails. You got half a gummy now, half for later. Ten G's on Colorado, <laughs> and that's just the Colorado bet. Yeah, right. He's already bet other G's on Clemson, that's Florida right. State. Could you imagine having ten large riding on any? sporting event i mean that feels like it would just be a hemorrhage waiting to happen every single big play i just can't imagine having ten thousand dollars that i don't need to account for with the rest of my exactly yes to do anything yeah if i forced you to spend ten thousand dollars on one bet imagine the anxiety around what you would choose at every single play in that game I think if you do have $10,000 on any bet, the fact that Colorado, I think, is catching 21, you feel like, you feel pretty good. You're like, I got 21 points to work with. And then it's 28-7 at halftime, and you're like, oh, no. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then the, the next 90 minutes are the worst 90 minutes of your life, whether you win that bet or lose your bet until that goes final. Every single second. No, no. You take a second gummy and you just close your eyes and you wake up on Sunday and you learn what happens. That's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's the thing about the gummy. You get, you know, that anxiety kicks in. Your heart feels like it's beating a million miles a minute. If you're not in a good state of mind, the THC compounded with that anxiety, oh boy. And can ESPN executives have chilled out that much to where they're like, yeah, no problem. Bruce was talking about gummies on air. So I That's did, still not legal in every state. I did see a couple of tweets about that. Um, like, not everyone could have gotten away with saying that on ESPN since he's like half an employee, not a full-timer, and they do seem to care about certain things. And he's kind of a kooky old guy now. Right, and that's what he's there for. 
Like if Corso says it, it's okay, if Herb Street says it, it's not. Right. Or like, yeah, Fowler couldn't talk about that. No. Yeah. No. Depends on what roles. your role is. If you're there to be something close to a journalist, you can't be talking about gummies. True. But Chris is there to talk. Well, they probably didn't hire him for the gummy <laughs> angle. It's just an added bonus. Right. I'm sure he can claim medicinal. <laughs> you know, if nothing else. He could say, well, I take it for arthritis. Arthritis, exactly. Yeah. Glaucoma. And <laughs> glaucoma. And that is your sound check. <laughs> Standing by with headlines, here's Andrew Bogish. DA, you might remember, almost immediately after Aaron Rodgers' Achilles burst on that Monday night, former Packer teammate David Bakhtiari blamed the MetLife turf. Bakhtiari played week one on grass in Chicago, but then sat out week two on the Atlanta turf leading some to think he was avoiding the oh. artificial stuff. If I wasn't going to play on turf, I'd probably make more of a ruckus. Um, my brother loves drama, and he told me he was going to do it. I'm like, all right, I don't like, I don't care what you do. It's your social media, and uh, no, that was not the reason at all. So his brother, Eric, on Sunday when the Packers announced their inactives, quote tweeted the announcement with a meme of the bleep around and find out joke that goes around all the places. Yeah, and that's that's gotten old now. Right. But some people thought that meant like, okay, turf is still an issue. David's pissed. League doesn't care. So he's now not playing on the turf. Apparently that's not the issue at all. He's got a bad knee. He missed more than one season with the knee troubles. It acts up. He didn't play last week. The team defends him. So this is basically all for not, you know, all about nothing. Although it could be a little bit of both where... Bakhtiari, if his knee was 100%, he would play on turf no matter what. But if it's a little bit shaky, the turf itself, he's not going to risk it on. Yeah, yeah, but I guess that's like more of an innocuous knock on the turf, not a blanket boycott of it being dangerous. Yes. It's like, I'm compromised, so I need to be a little bit careful here. Yeah, and he said he was going to make a ruckus. Could you describe this ruckus? <laughs> <laughs> he said he'd, he'd make a ruckus if he really was boycotting turf. So I don't know if he's going like, to dig some up. It's funny or, to like, have... stomp around. It's funny to have your brother create a problem for you. Yes. When who is Eric Bakhtiari? Couldn't, Couldn't tell you. Yeah. Like, does he sell insurance in Muskegon? <laughs> in Sheboygan? Eric. And who's following Eric Bakhtiari? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of misfit siblings. Uh, and I guess even wives and husbands sometimes in sports who are making unnecessary trouble. Look, the Chiefs had to silence Jackson Mahomes. Is it time for the Packers to silence Eric Bakhtiari? Well, maybe he and Kelly Stafford should have a podcast <laughs> together right, yeah, right. and just uh, you know bring all of their their controversies together in That's one right. place. Yeah. It's like the movie Fred Claus with Vince Vaughn, where you have he goes into the AA and or the, you know whatever anonymous meeting with all the brothers who feel like they can't get out of their brother's shadow. Right. Got the Bush brother, the Baldwin brother. Right. He's like, that's not Alec. <laughs> Somebody's got to tell Eric, that's not David. I actually once saw one of the Baldwin brothers at Dinosaur Barbecue in Syracuse. They're from up there in, in the Syracuse, central New York area. I thought they were from Long Island. I Either they were born there and moved up to central New York or grew up in central New York and moved to Long Island. But no, they're originally from up there. And I was like, that's a Baldwin, and it's not Alec. And we couldn't figure out which one, whether it was Billy or one of the other guys. There's like a a, sta a, a Steve. Steven, yeah. <laughs> At least Sorry, Billy Steve. was in Backdraft, which is an all-time movie. But if it's not Alec, you want Billy. After Billy, I got <laughs> yeah, nothing. Right. Then there's like three others. Yeah. There's I think it was one, one of the others. There's one that's really... Rough. 
Well, and like <laughs> on the periphery of acting. But they all have had a role in a C-list straight-to-DVD movie. Yes. And it was Stephen Baldwin in Biodome? <laughs> yeah, I think he, he was. He was, right? He was in a Pauly Shore movie. Yeah. Yeah, there's a Stephen. We obviously have Alec. And there's a Daniel. I might have seen Daniel. Daniel's the one that I think kind of lives in relative obscurity. Like, doesn't... There's no drama. He's been in random things because his last name is Baldwin. But, like, that's <laughs> that's it. And, then we, and we've got Billy. So we got four of them. And Back we got Billy Jock. Backdraft is such a good movie. <laughs> the Baldwin brothers. It's great, too, because they all look, like, just a little bit off from Alec. Right. So they're all just one... It's like multiplicity. They're all just one copy of a of a VHS tape off of Alec. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the evolution chart to get to Alec. <laughs> <laughs> like Steven's the one that the doesn't ne- he doesn't walk fully upright yet. Then you get him the, <laughs> he's the Neanderthal. Well, but you know what? Daniel Baldwin's been in a lot of freaking TV shows and movies. Wow, I didn't realize this. I mean, I haven't heard of any of them, but right. Oh, and Steven was in Usual Suspects, so we need to be oh, nice about that, good too. one, good one. They no, all, they I all, saw the fourth. Whatever, he wasn't in anything. They all have, like, the De Niro face. They do. Kind of just like this. <laughs> yeah, they do. You talking to me? It's a lot of you oh, talking to and me. So, and Steven's daughter is Haley, the one that's now married to Justin Bieber. So he's Justin Bieber's father-in-law. There's an Alec. There's a William. Right. That's Billy. That's, that's Billy. Billy. Steven and Daniel. Yeah. Billy's the one from Backdraft with the slick back hair <laughs> and the light eyes. Okay. Yeah, he's the least Baldwin looking of the bunch. <laughs> he's got the De Niro in him more than any of them. Yeah, he's a handsome guy. The other three are kind of knuckleheads. <laughs> Where were we? Oh, Saquon Barkley's ankle. <laughs> he will not play the night against the Niners. The Giants will also be down linebacker Aziz Ojolari and old lineman Andrew Thomas and Ben Bredesen. Uh, and just to recap some of the Bears' crazy Wednesday, defensive coordinator Alan Williams abruptly resigned, citing family and health reasons, but there are reports of FBI raids at Williams' house and or Hallis Hall, the team and Williams' lawyer denying all of that. The Baldwins, now, their mom lives in Camillus, and other family members live right by, which is just outside of Syracuse. Uh, yesterday, we talked about Ronald Acuna Jr. on the verge of the first 40-60 season ever. He did not hit homer number 40 in an afternoon loss to the Phillies, but Arizona rookie Corbin Carroll did make similar, lesser history against the Giants. Corbin Carroll, a perfect 3-for-3 three three today. He has swiped two bases to get him 50 on the year. And he leads off here against Ryan Walker and hits the first pitch to deep right field. Back of the warning track, back of the wall. Have a day, Corbin Carroll. Have a day. His 25th of the season, and it's 4-1 Arizona. Wow, is this kid something? That's Greg Schulte on Diamondbacks Radio. So Carroll's got 25 homers and 50 steals in his rookie season. He is the second player, 22-year younger ever, to have 25 and 50 in the same season. And you have Zach Gallon stalker hanging around as well. So mm-hmm. a big season for the Diamondbacks. And if you're going to stalk a Diamondback, it's probably Carroll, not Zach Gallon. Even Correct. though Gallon's a Cy Young candidate, Carroll's got the higher ceiling. So if you're going to stalk somebody, stalk the young stud right fielder. Yeah, last week we had eyewitness at City Field that there was a woman in the team shop that was getting her 15th 
passport stamped from a ballpark, all of which to follow Zach Gallen. Thank God for Ryan Botcher. Yeah, Gallen, Zach Gallen's not as big as Corbin Carroll yet. He's more like Zach Court. Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> what? Who's that? What alpha does he do? Zach Court? Yeah, get it. Said it's Zach Gallen. Oh, you're fired. <laughs> I haven't gotten hired yet, so uh, you whatever your current status is, you're out. Morty D'Souza just took the tube and smashed it over <laughs> your head. He didn't even play right. it. He thought he had freedom. He thought he was done with this. His, he thought his mornings were easy, and you break that out? Terrible. <sighs> the Diamondbacks beat the Giants yesterday 7-1. By the way, that's five straight wins for them. The Cubs lost to the Pirates 13-7. The Brewers an 8-2 win in St. Louis. So Milwaukee now has a seven-game lead on those Cubs in the NL Central. In the AL yesterday, the Blue Jays a 6-1 win at Yankee Stadium. Their win streak is 5 the Rays lose it over to the Angels 8-3 after the Orioles lost in Houston in the afternoon. So Tampa stays two and a half games back of those O's. Leo Messi did not finish into Miami's 4-0 win over Toronto FC last night. Muscle fatigue. He was taken off the field in the 37th minute. And w- there he is. WNBA playoffs last <laughs> night. You know what? He was probably he just, stuck on the elevator coming up here now. He just woke up after passing out at how bad Zach Court was. <laughs> <laughs> he took a full Mad Dog gummy. <laughs> he couldn't find his tuba. Those elevators are horrible, by the way. Terrible. That we've got going on. They're so bad that our company is thinking about opening up walls and creating <laughs> new places for elevators to stop. Maybe to that's the construction. Here. Opening up a shaft. No. Maybe that's the construction. It's not. No. It's not. WNBA playoffs last night. The Sun, a 90-75 win at the Lynx. Their third and decisive game. So the Sun in the semifinals for the fifth consecutive year. A best of five with the Liberty begins in New York on Sunday and let's get stunned. Woohoo! It doesn't take much to surprise this bouncing baby boy. This is honestly the most stunned I have ever been on the show to a news. The DA show is stunned to a news. This is the latest Chris Plumoff submission via Twitter DM. Okay. Right? XDM. Uh, Kirsten Drysdale is a TV journalist in Australia, and she was doing a story, researching a story on baby names, in particular, crazy baby names, and exactly what the rules were in Australia for baby names. What there's a, a, I don't know, a group, a council that actually okays your name. It prevents you from naming your kid something offensive really? or whatever. Yes. So. In her research, she was trying to figure out what happens if you submit a name that gets denied. They issue a name instead. The government then names your kid, but no one would tell her. It's a one-strike policy. Apparently. What she could not find out is how that works. What's the name? Where do they come up with it? Whatever. So, I guess being a good journalist, this woman was pregnant during this. So, she decided to test the system with her baby. Her and her husband, on the birth certificate... Aussie, Woodward, and Bernstein. ...submitted methamphetamines rule as her kid's name. Should be negated. And it wasn't. Oh, no. Three weeks later, their home, new baby, 
Birth certificate comes in the mail, and it says the kid's name is Methamphetamines oh. Rules Drysdale. Oh, no. No, no. Yes. No. So now she's back on the story on the beat, and this agency admits that obviously meth rules should not have been allowed. This was a mistake. And she now has a regular name for her son. But for a little bit of a minute, Australian officials let a baby be named Meth Rules. Wow. Yeah. And I wonder how difficult it is to then change a baby name that's been issued via birth certificate. That's yeah. a whole process paperwork-wise, isn't it? My, I would I would think so. My guess is this was expedited True. since it was now a TV news story in right. Australia. Right, they right, fixed right. this for her pretty quickly. But for a little bit, her son's official name was Methamphetamines Rule. This is such a wild story. That doesn't happen here in the States, right? I don't think there's a, a check system here. We have had the license plate story in like Maine or Vermont where people were, were had vulgar license plates. Yeah. And then they made new rules. And the one guy thought of a really clever one with tofu. But there's not, right, there's not some type of catch-all safeguard in case you want to name your kid here something offensive. No, there is for horse racing too, that I know. Really? There is, there is you have to submit your name and they're supposed to catch like innuendo, oh. anything that could be offensive or stolen, you know, stuff like that, copyright. On the one hand, my inclination towards civil liberties makes me not like this council. On the other hand, it does seem like we could use this if you have drug-addled parents, total whack jobs that are naming their kids ridiculous things. Then you have the first red flag, like, we got to watch this parent yeah. because there's a lot of crappy parents out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm yeah. in on checks and balances because you are you could really be setting a kid up for problems by giving them a bad name in some form or fashion. Now, I don't know exactly where the line should be drawn on That's what's a very acceptable. Tough line, yeah. But there probably should be somebody who goes, you probably don't want to do this to the kid you're supposed to be loving right now. Yeah, like, if, and if there's drug-addled parents that just think it's funny to name their kid, like, the Cheetos F- Big Gulp. Or yeah. the F word. Cheetos Big Gulp. <laughs> there doesn't... There really should be somebody to say, no, you can't do that. What yes. about lighthearted ones? Like, you know there's got to be a bend over out there somewhere. There, there is a Benjamin Dover that exists. Well, I, I can almost guarantee oh, you there's sure, a Ben Dover. Sure, but I don't think the parents did that on purpose. I've told Really? This, no, I don't think you purposely. But even even being strangely innocent and ignorant, that that council should catch that too. I've The last time this came up, I told you the story. I went to high school with a kid whose name was Richard Bidolf. So you change Richard to the sometime to... It's a tough one. Right. What Somebody, was the last name? Bidolf. B-I-D-D-U-L-P-H. So you got to... So you know what we all called him, and somebody should have caught that and be like, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Bidolf, you probably don't want to name your son Richard. <laughs> Just thinking out loud here. Well, giving you a heads up. Maybe you missed this he one. He could have been a Rich, a Richard, a Ricky, a Richie. They you can call him whatever he wants, you, you didn't know have, high school's going to call him you Dick Bidolf. Well, <laughs> You didn't have to do that. You I just gave Peter a heart attack. You didn't have to do that. You didn't have to call Richard that name. Yes, we Mr. did. Mr. Richie Bidoff, who I'm sure was a very nice young man. He's a great dude. I actually saw him somewhere recently. <laughs> great dude. He's so far so good. He's gotten to, you know, 44 years old. But I'm sure he had a lot of unnecessary stress because <laughs> of his name. And you get some kind of agency in charge of these things and maybe... 
That he never has to go through that. He's just Mark Biddulph, and he's all fine. I mean, poor little Ricky Biddulph. <laughs> <laughs> just getting crushed his whole life. Crushed. And we went to a nerdy high school, so it was yeah, only private, so much. Right? Yeah, it was only so Imagine much we a could public do. Public high school. Yeah. We were probably a safe haven for him, the mean streets of wherever he grew up. Imagine if little Richie Bidoff went to school in the hood, or he went to school at Memphis Central School District, and Shep was his teacher. <laughs> Richie would have never survived. A school system that made Shep come back to yeah. homelessness and this job. Whimpering. <laughs> You'll never believe what it was like down there. Now, Richie, why do you think your parents named you that? You think they were setting you up for a life of failure? Somebody might ask, why does this man have a girlfriend? <laughs> We're toasting to the good life. I feel alive. Ah, ah, ah. We are feeling good and doing well. How many beers ago? Uh, probably a thousand. It's the DA Show's Thirsty Thursday. Celebrating with some booski. All right, guys, let's toast to the good stuff. Pat Boyle in today as executive producer. Boyle, who are you toasting to? DA, I got to toast to the feeling of winning a bet. Okay. Now, if you remember Monday morning, I was on the show. And I said the PB boys like the Saints and they like the Steelers. So I went ahead and I parlayed Saints money line, Steelers money line. That was a big time emphatic win. I also had a George Pickens anytime touchdown. Okay. On a little 72 yard skimp and scramp right down the scrimp middle. Scrimp and scramp. Right down the middle. And, you know, there's something you just got to celebrate winning a bet. There's because sometimes there's no greater feeling in life. <laughs> That's a joke, but. That's such an emphatic feeling when you win a bet, when you have your convictions, you have your prognostications, and they come true. And recently, I've just, I got a toast to this song. It is an all-time anthem. It has become my anthem for winning a bet. If I'm watching the game, Pickens scores the touchdown, they go to break, fire up the Bluetooth, and you just got to fire off one of the best songs of all time. Hit it, Billy. You got to fight for your right to fight. So this is what you're doing every time you win a bet. Yeah. You got to let the demons out, T.A. You got to fire off some excitement. When you win. I mean, come on. The pro athletes do it. They score a touchdown. You do your celly. You get pumped up. You get jacked up. Yeah. So if I'm winning a bet, I'm winning some quiche. I'm winning some moolah. I'm <laughs> drinking money for the weekend. <laughs> the PB boys are doing well. Take a sense of pride in that. Have some pride in winning some bets and get fired up for it. You keep saying PB boys like there's more than just you. It's just you making bets. <laughs> well, Bilotti at one point was involved. He's not part of the syndicate anymore. He's watching two kids for three weeks on paternity leave. He is not making George <laughs> Sprinkling Pickens. some wrestling. He is not making George Pickens anytime touchdown bets. That's true. Maybe. Don't change the name. PB Boys with a Z. Yeah, Leave it really just good. in case P comes back or you meet somebody else with those initials. <laughs> You've already got the paperwork file. Just leave it as is. And it sounds great. It does. I guess Bilotti needs to get off paternity leave then. 
Because you could do things now. I think most of the the big time betting apps have social where you can form a group. And then if you're, you're with friends, they see the bets that you place. They can tail it. They see what's going on. They see what kind of action you got going on. If you're on a bad streak, you could start hiding the bets so that you don't have to have the public sham of your friends making fun of you. But that's what my one roommate does. He's a beta, so he likes to follow the leader. So when I'm on a heater on the U.S. Open for tennis and he sees the bets going and he goes, all right, PB boys, we ride. We ride at dawn. He's a beta. He likes to follow the leader. <laughs> because he's not following your Novak Djokovic bet. <laughs> yeah. Billy Jock alone, who you toasting to? Booski. That was all. That was a lot of energy by there, by Pat. That was a lot of air punching, and I didn't hear anything. So it, was just a lot of, it was just a lot of punching silence. So, so just to transition to something. Compl- Actually, you know, we were talking about it earlier today. The Baldwins came up a lot today on the show. Yeah. So I'm going to toast to Danny Baldwin, who was the main character in Christopher Moltisanti's movie Cleaver. Oh. In The Sopranos. So how many actors could say they were in a movie in a show, DA? Oh, good call. That's a really good call. That's a good one. That's a great job by Billy G. An actor in a t- in a movie in a TV show. Billy, I'm I'm impressed. That's Let's really go, good. Danny. I didn't even know you saw The Sopranos, let alone have a pull like that at the ready. Yeah, man. That's that's actually one of the shows that I will have I have all the information to. That's amazing. That and the Nets, huh? Those are your two things? Nets. Okay. <laughs> Bogues, who are you toasting to? Well, DA, um, we didn't just lose Sean when he went elsewhere. We lost his family, which kind of became our family. Good point. So I want to toast his wife, Danielle. Now, at times, we might have criticized her for being an enabler of Sean at, you know, here and there. But for the most part, she was our ally. She was our voice on the home front she would often confirm things or provide things that we could throw at Sean. So right. she was half hours, half his. So it was her birthday this week. I want to toast her. But I can't do it any better than our good friend Sean did on Instagram when he wrote, Happy birthday to my beautiful wife and all-time mom. Mid-30s now and not washed. We love you. How romantic. Wow, that's really sweet. Mid-30s and not washed. Really, so really toast sweet. to her for hanging in there for Sean. Wow. I couldn't put it any better. Right? That's I mean, that's really Hallmark nice. card stuff. <laughs> Mid-30s and still useful. Thanks, wow, thanks nice. a bunch, hon. Thanks, toots. I am toasting to Adriana. We had exchanged some DMs back and forth because, if you remember, for me and Pete having babies a few months ago, the inner sanctum of the aliens got together and they contributed to gift cards for us. They all chipped in a little bit of money for each of us. And it's just such a wildly generous thing. So I wanted to get everybody's email address and thank them for this. And I DM'd Adriana and I hadn't heard back from her in a couple of days. And then I mentioned on the show earlier this week and she immediately got back to me and said, sorry, I've got a baby teething baby i've been out of sorts i'm like oh my goodness i don't want to put anything more on you don't worry i'll get them another way and because she's the one that had organized the the gift card thing she's like no don't worry i got it and in the middle of what i'm sure is a crap storm at her house she was able to put together like this entire list of email addresses from all these listeners that i have such an incredible gratitude for so adriana you're the best i appreciate the hard work I know what you're going through in many ways, and so it does not go unnoticed. Thank you very much. Big Booskies. Booskies. All right, let's get to your headlines this morning. Mr. Bogues has them. 
DA, the Bears have reportedly re-signed Nathan Peterman to the 53-man the roster. Peterman was released on the practice squad yesterday, leaving only Justin Fields and D2 product Tyson Badgent on the roster. Peterman's return should heal some of the wounds from yesterday when Fields called out himself and the coaching staff and defensive coordinator Alan Williams resigned abruptly, maybe because the FBI reportedly raided his home Ooh. recently. Williams' statement said he was focusing on his health and his family, the team, and his lawyer denying all of the shady and for allegations. for the record, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, had a report that Peanut Tillman was not involved in this because Peanut Tillman, a Bears legend, is now currently an FBI agent. That's right. <laughs> so, how crazy that is. That's a literal news nugget from Ian Rappaport. Uh, the Vikings have traded for Rams running back Cam Akers, and in Baltimore, running back Justice Hill could miss the weekend with a toe injury. Odell Beckham Jr. did not practice yesterday, but John Harbaugh continues to downplay OBJ's ankle issue. And now we come to Thursday night football. Daniel Jones was basically unstoppable in the second half Sunday in Arizona as the Giants erased that 21-point hole. So Nick Bosa plans on stopping him quickly tonight. Definitely could hold it a little bit, and uh, we just have to keep him in the pocket. Uh, he's going to try and get out any chance he gets. So, um, yeah, just trying to close it in on him, be good in our rush lanes, and we could have a good day. It feels like they'll have a good day because Jones will not have Saquon Barkley or the starting left side of his O-line this evening in mm. Santa Clara. So, Godspeed to young Danny Dimes. <laughs> uh, the Orioles finally lost again yesterday afternoon, but the Rays could not take advantage at night at home against the Angels. Here's the pitch on Drury. Swings at this one, lifts the ball high and deep out into left center field, and that ball is out of here. Drury connects a two-run homer. He's had a two-homer, five-RBI night. The Angels add on, and now it's 8-1. to one. Terry Smith on Angels Radio. It was an 8-3 Anaheim win. The Rays remain two and a half games behind Baltimore in the AL East. The Jays got a 6-1 win at Yankee Stadium, keeping a game between them and the Rangers and Mariners, who were tied for the last AL wildcard spot. The Brewers down the Cardinals 8-2, while the Cubs took a 13-7 beating from the Pirates at Wrigley, so Milwaukee's NL Central lead is back to seven games. Leo Messi and Jordi Alba left in less than 40 minutes because of muscle fatigue. Inter-Miami still handled Toronto FC 4-0. Neither player will play Sunday's match, so they're hopefully ready for next Wednesday's U.S. Open Cup Final. The Indiana Pacers reportedly exploring trade options for shooter Buddy Heald after extension talks stalled. And the Connecticut Sun in the WNBA semifinals for the fifth year in a row, taking their third and final game in Minnesota, 90-75. Game one of a best-of-five with the Liberty is Sunday in New York. DA, back to you. Stunned. We did stun. We did stun. We did stun. Right. Yeah. Okay. Meth rules. Yeah, man. Meth rules. Steven Saverna Park, I'm toasting to all those people who think pumpkin spice is trash. Hashtag Booskies. Booskies! Dalton toasting to his girlfriend who went to the gym for the first time with me this morning. She gave it a real effort, put in the work, and now she has noodle arms. Booskies! And Jason tweets, the PB boys got to fight for your right <laughs> to parlay. Booskies! Hashtag Pickens anytime. Hashtag Alpha. Booskies! Nice. So much testosterone in the building. Kevin's in Pennsylvania. Kevin, who you toasting to? Uh, yes, I'd like to toast George Costanza, who started all this nonsense uh, about 30 years ago when he wanted to name the baby Seven. That's right, after Mickey Mantle's number. 
Mick the Mick. The Mick. All right. Yes. Right on. Thank you. All right. Toast him. Booski. That's right. What? It's a nice name. <laughs> the Mick. Mike is in Boise this morning. Mike, who are you toasting to? Hey, uh, thanks, B. I want to toast Shawnee Boy Morass. I called one time and I, I was defending him when I thought he took it too far. Uh, he was talking about discovering uh, pyramids in Brazil and all kinds of stuff. But anyway, this toast is actually vis-a-vis Patty Boyle, who had this morning what I like to think is almost a morash moment. Mm. He was oh he was very very close to having some sort of. Uh, Put his foot in his mouth moment talking about all the people in Japan and what they sounded like. He was talking about going to show Hey Otani over to Tokyo. You got to play the clip back. He almost, almost did something really ridiculous when he decided to say like, oh, the Japanese people all sound like this. And I thought maybe that would be something that Mraz would have said. And uh, I, well, I think we, that's a we would have been lucky. Moment. We would have been lucky if Mraz knew where Japan was in a map. <laughs> we would have been lucky to know if he knew that Japan was a country that Shohei Otani came from. <laughs> I also didn't say people sound the same. I said, if you don't know Japanese, it all just sounds like positive affirmation because you know you're with probably the biggest celebrity in all of Japan. Jay tweets, toast to Bogus for having good takes on the freaks who decorate the month before their actual holiday starts. There we go. No Halloween decoration should go up before October 1st. No Christmas BS should be seen until Santa is spotted at the Macy's Parade. Find them all. Booski. Thank you. And Bouncing Baby Boy follows that up with, I'm toasting to Bogues for putting Boyle in his place. It's September, not October. Can we enjoy one month before celebrating the next? Hashtag, get them, Bogues. Booski. I just don't, why are you, people having, they're having fun with the spooky season. Why are you <laughs> such a grouch? I don't understand. Why are you declaring it spooky season? It is spooky season, bro. When does spooky season, bro, start? Probably the, like after Labor Day. That, is that right? That first weekend after Labor Day where you know, all right, this isn't, it's not a summer weekend. Eat, I have I have work or, or school. Or I take the kids to school on the Monday after. This is the first weekend of fall. For the record, at least here in New York, it was 90 and max humidity the week after Labor Day. That ain't spooky season, but is, bro. Are you saying that every fall weekend is spooky season? Essentially, yes. From, <laughs> let's say Labor Day is what? September 5th, the 6th? From six days after that, that first Saturday, September 12th, right around that time, the first Saturday after Labor Day, that's kickoff to spooky season. I don't understand why you get so angry about it. Like, people putting up Halloween lights or Christmas lights, why does that ruin your day? Because you don't want to speed up time? My day wasn't ruined. But it yeah, was. Let's you want to go smack time. your neighbor's Dracula mascot? <laughs> let's live in the now, man. I am Absolutely. living in the now. I, I like Halloween. I don't want to be tired of Halloween by mid-October because on September 8th, somebody hung a scarecrow from their front in their front lawn. So why does that make you hate it? Because you can be patient. <laughs> it does not become the next holiday right after the first one, the previous one ends. It doesn't look so what? So people, I just have to go, oh, I have nothing to look forward to. I guess just the end of summer and I'm just going to be depressed. Yeah, look, you can look forward to it without decorating your lawn in the middle of September. Let people live the way they want to live. No. Why does that, you know what? I'm bringing in Halloween lights for the for the freaking show next week. You don't have that authority. Yeah? No, yeah, because Pete will be back next week and he'll be fully in charge. <laughs> I think he'll be back next week. So no, that will not be ha- that will not be happening. Ostracized tweets, September 1 starts spooky season. It's spooky season. Boyle is correct. 
Spooky Boys Unite. <laughs> <laughs> Spooky if we didn't have to break, I would love to confound upon that. Okay. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported. 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medellin, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Even the DA show is not perfect. We know. Shocking. Here's the epic feel. Boyle versus Bogish about spooky season. Jay tweets, toast to Bogish for having good takes on the freaks who decorate the month before their actual holiday starts. There we go. No Halloween decoration should go up before October 1st. No Christmas BS should be seen until Santa is spotted at the Macy's Parade. Ho, ho, ho. Sports giant. Bouncing baby boy follows that up with I'm toasting to Bogues for putting Boyle in his place. It's September, not October. Can we enjoy one month before celebrating the next? Boyle oiled by itself. Mm-hmm. Not terrible. People having they're having fun with the spooky season. Why are you <laughs> such a grouch? I don't understand. Why are you declaring it spooky season? It is spooky season, bro. When does spooky season bro start? Probably the like after Labor Day. That, is that right? That first weekend after Labor Day, where you know, all right, this isn't. It's not a summer weekend. Eat I have I have work or, or school. Or I take the kids to school on the Monday after. This is the first weekend of fall. You dog. For the record, at least here in New York, it was ninety and max humidity the week after Labor Day. That ain't spooky season, but is bro. It? I'm Andrew Bogish. Tua, Tonga Valoa. <laughs> hey boys, I'm coming. Right around that time, the first Saturday after Labor Day, that's kickoff to spooky season. I don't understand why you get so angry about it. Like, people putting up Halloween lights or Christmas lights, why does that ruin your day? Because you don't want to speed up time? You come off as a beta? You come off as a loser? My day wasn't ruined, but it yeah, was. let's you not speed up time. You want to go smack time. your neighbor's Dracula mascot. <laughs> let's live in the now, man. I am Absolutely. living in the now. I, I like Halloween. I don't want to be tired of Halloween by mid-October because on September 8th, somebody hung a scarecrow from their front in their front lawn. Average penis size. Pro boner. Let people live the way they want to live. No. Why does that, you know what? I'm bringing in Halloween lights for the for the freaking show next week. You don't have that authority. Yeah? No, yeah, because Pete will be back next week and he'll be <laughs> fully in charge. I think he'll be back next week. So, no, that will not be, ha- that will not be happening. Very bland. But I was a baby. Spooky boys unite. Yes, 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 yes.
Yes, yes. M U ra 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 ra. Ring out a hoya with an M U ra ra. Epic fail, you loser. That is why you fail. Epic fail. Fair question today: Is it spooky season yet? Sixty percent of you say no. It's too early. SpookyLittleHalloween.com is the foremost authority in all things spooky season. States on their website, spooky season defined as the time of year when you enjoy all things you love about fall, Halloween, etc. Since the bogus household is not allowed to enjoy in-between holiday seasons, quote, I hope they're at least allowed to still wear costumes this year for Halloween. That's what the data department has added. Joseph tweets, and not sure if you guys will see this, but my old high school in Oklahoma, we had a team preacher for football. His name was Rusty Gunn. He named his kids Tommy, Gatlin, and a daughter whose nickname was BB. His sons now play for the team. <laughs> God, <laughs> God bless that Oklahoma preacher. All right, that'll do it for us this morning here on the DA Show. Thanks to Pat Boyle, your executive producer. Thanks to Billy Giacomo on the wheels of steel. Thanks to Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, and Andrew Bogish on your headlines. Be good and be good to one another. We will see you tomorrow. I'm DA and the Mothership Disconnects. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.